I'm Steve Service, and this is the Art of Fitness. Hey everybody, welcome to the Art of Fitness podcast. This is Steve Service talking. Uh, this is a podcast where I answer questions from the growing community of my virtual home gym, people who are members of my virtual home gym, and others who are doing it on their own, who just want to ask me some some questions and hear my take on some shit. Uh, so let's jump right in. First question, Steve, I'm over 40 years old. I have a 395-pound deadlift. Do you think it's possible to bring it over, say, 420 at my age? Uh, yeah, dude, of course. And um, how you would do that is with progressive overload and following a program. Don't just go into the gym and expect that shit to happen automatically. You know, uh, if you're pulling 395 and you're over 40 years old, look, man, you're you're doing something right anyway. Okay, if you're asking me this question, my 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 bet is that you're not on a strictly regimented program that's designed to add poundage to your deadlift. And I'll tell you that I am a firm believer in the, the law of specificity, all right? And if you want a specific outcome, you have to train specifically for that outcome. Um, if you're not a member of the home gym and you're doing this on your own and you don't want to spring the $15 a month to be on a regimented program, I get it. You don't have to. Um, here are some suggestions. Look into any sort of 531 program. There are plenty of them out there, and there's a lot of variations, like programs in a can for strength. 531, um, meaning five repetitions, three repetitions, one repetition, um, as a as a. Um, a specific weeks, those are your goal repetitions and your increasing weight depend depending on what sort of um, one rep max you established in previous weeks. You're working at percentages of that um, and with decreased percentages of your one rep max, you're increasing volume. So you're increasing repetitions. Now, over time of going a heavy week, on a specific body part or a specific movement, a moderate week and a light week, moving the weight faster over time, you increase your one rep max the next time you test it. Once you increase your one rep max the next time you test it, then obviously all of your percentages go up because you've increased your maximal amount of weight for one all out at repetition. So your percentages increase, and then you work at those percentages for repetitions of five one week, repetitions of three increasing percentage the next week, and then repetitions of one a third week. But, you know, the, I, I just spit that out there, but there are plenty out there. A Wendler cycle is good. Um, if you've ever heard of starting strength, this is good. If you've ever heard, uh, look, there's plenty out there. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and give you a list of them, but if you just look at, if you do a Google search for 
uh, a regimented strength program based on percentages of one rep max and then hit search, a shitload will come up. So follow that because I'll tell you, between 395 and 420 isn't as big of a jump as you think. But I'll tell you what, after 420, the road to 500 <laughs> is like is like miles long. And anybody who's gone from the 400-pound club to the 500-pound club will, uh, will agree with me there. And then, of course, after that, everything is, you're chasing it. But, you know, there are guys who are pulling incredible amounts of weight off the floor. And, um, and yeah, th- there, there are things out there that you could do. Um, do that Google search for me. Percentages of one rep max to increase maximal strength. And, um, and that'll come up for you. Next question, Steve, should I train a muscle to failure for muscle growth? Well, this is, um, it depends, all right? And it depends on a lot of things. And I know red flags are going out all over the interwebs right now when I say it depends. What you need to think about is not just muscle failure, because sometimes, depending on where you are in, in your trajectory of your fitness or muscle building um, evolution, it, it depends on whether or not your absolute failure per set is really failure or if it's fatigue because of lactic acid buildup. If you are wondering what the fuck I'm talking about, then you probably don't need to train your muscle to absolute failure. If you do understand what I'm talking about out there, then you know that there's a difference between muscle failure in, in, a, in, set, in a volume set and muscle fatigue because of an influx of lactic acid. See, here's how, here's how repetitions work. Here's how muscles work. If I'm just pounding out a specific body part and I'm just isolating for hypertrophy, for body shaping, for bodybuilding, and I'm hammering on that one specific body part, let's say I'm talking about a bicep curl here, um, a concentration bicep curl, and I'm hammering on it. Well, if, if I'm an advanced athlete who has a trained body, I'm probably going to be able to hit muscle failure before I hit muscle fatigue. If I'm just starting out and I'm doing the exact same movement, your body has an early warning device called lactic acid. And lactic acid is a muscle preservation tool, in, basically, all right? That's, that's what it's for. We're training a muscle, one specific muscle, all of a sudden it starts to feel heavy. It's that burn that we talk about. Oh, man, I feel the burn, right? That's all that is, is lactic acid. Lactic acid hits that muscle so you don't tear it or snap it in half or rip it, right? Lactic acid fatigues that muscle to tell you, dude, you need to stop triggering this muscle because it's going to snap. Well, here's the thing, because the body is such an efficient self-preservation device, lactic acid comes in for the detrained person way too early, super, super, super early, like way earlier than 
um, than what it would take to actually snap that muscle. I hope you're tracking this. So if you're new to training and you're saying, but I'm, I'm training to failure, why, how come I'm not growing? Because you're not training to muscle failure, all right? What you're doing is you're training to muscle fatigue. You're training to lactic acid threshold. So what you're doing is you're pushing back lactic threshold, which is awesome. And then over time, when you really push back lactic threshold, then you're going to be able to train to muscle failure, where you're actually training to the point of creating microtrauma in the muscle. Now, is there an efficient way of doing it if you say, well, then what the fuck is the point? Yeah, there is. You could work for stimulating that muscle and pushing as much blood into it as possible. Okay. So how do we do that? Knowing what I just said about lactic acid threshold and the influx of lactic acid and your muscle quote unquote failing way too early, then you know if I'm getting an influx of lactic acid, then I'm also getting an influx of blood. So if you hit lactic threshold, here's what I want you to do. And we're really going to try to hit muscle failure and not think that lactic threshold is muscle failure. We've already established that there's totally, they're two totally different things, okay? So I want you to take that same movement and I want you to start busting out those concentration cur curls until you hit lactic threshold or what you previously thought was muscle failure. So you hit lactic threshold, you can't trigger anymore, the burn is too thick. You're gonna put that weight down and you're going to shake your arm like an imbecile, all right? You're going to shake it like you're doing the hokey pokey for 10 seconds. You're going to try to flush that lactic acid only for 10 seconds. As soon as that 10 seconds is up, we've reset the clock of the ATPC, uh, ATP CP pathway, the adenosine triphosphate creatine phosphate pathway. You've reset that clock in 10 seconds. So now when you get back into it, you're triggering muscle again lactic acid is flushed until you hit the point of fatigue again, quote unquote failure, which is nothing more than lactic acid hitting that muscle again, early warning device. Then you're going to drop it again, shake it for another 10 seconds, hit it again. You're going to do that for a, a total of five cycles and that equals one set. Now you're getting closer to muscle breakdown. Now you're getting closer to muscle failure. Okay. I hope that makes sense. If you're a beginner, muscle failure probably isn't. You're probably dealing with lactic thresh threshold. So think about stimulating the muscle, pushing as much blood into it as you can, and focus on creating microtrauma in that muscle for muscle breakdown because that's when it builds at rest is if you break it down in the gym. Okay, awesome. Okay, great. This question was asked on my Instagram feed. Um, not on my feed. Somebody DM'd me, but I really want to share it because this is important. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's, hey, listen, I have, I have some issues with arthritis in my hands and in my feet. I really want to work out. Do you have any suggestions? Uh, yeah, I do. You, you need to move. You need to move those hands. Arthritis really likes movement. Okay, so the more you move those hands and flex and extend them in what you're doing physically, the better it is. 
the more you move your feet in flexion and extension, the more arthritis likes it. What arthritis doesn't like is static contraction. So anything where you're gripping or holding on for a long period of time, one thing, chances are that your hands will not enjoy that. You're going to have trouble opening up your hand if you're completely smashed with arthritis. The same thing is true of the feet. If you're doing, say you're doing um, your cardiorespiratory work on an elliptical machine where your foot is in a static state, keeping the same amount of weight for an extended period of time, you're going to get off of that elliptical machine and your feet are going to be excruciating. Okay? There's a difference between that and going on, say, a technical hike over rocky terrain where your foot is flexing and extending and stretching and flexing and in constant movement, your, your, your um, arthritis-ridden feet will enjoy that better. So what I'm saying is, is that if you're doing f- more functional work, functional meaning you're doing exercise that, that most emulates what your body needs in life, the more your hands and feet that are smashed with arthritis will like that, okay? So if you're on a machine, which I'm not a big fan of, at your gym and you're just holding on to these machine handles for an extended period of time, your hands are going to hate that. If you're on a machine for your lower body and your feet are in a static position, completely flexed and holding on for an extended period of time, your arthritic feet aren't going to like that. However, if if they're moving and they're imbibing oxygen through the process of imbibation, of moving open, close, open, close, flex, extend, um, which is more what would happen with functional work, your feet are going to enjoy that. That and also think about supplementation and what you're eating, all right? Um, stay away from inflammatory foods. What kind of foods are those? Sugar foods. Stay away from sugar. Sugar is inflammatory and your feet and hands won't like that. And as far as supplementation goes, you can't go wrong with fish oil, but make sure it's a really high quality fish oil. And I'm, uh, they're not a sponsor of this podcast, but stronger, faster, healthier, I'll be happy to fucking uh, put it out there because it's a great product, but stronger, fa- faster, healthier, um, super omega three fish oil is like the best, in my opinion, out on the market. It has such a highly concentrated, uh, EPA and DHA count that it's really a no brainer that if you're going to buy fish oil and you're going to spend money on it, you might as well, um, go to stronger, faster, healthier and buy theirs. I do. Um, and like I said, they don't sponsor me whatsoever. So I believe in their product. Uh, all right. Hope that helps. Okay. Next question. This is a great question. Um, Hey, I meditate for 45 minutes a day. I just started. And is it normal for a beginner to experience some psychic power? Um, yeah, sure. Sure, man. I mean, who, who, who the fuck am I to say no? you know? So if you're experiencing some psychic power, 
then that's pretty sweet. Um, I'm wondering what it is. I think it's pretty cool that that you are experiencing some psychic power. I don't know. I would love to know what kind of psychic power it is. Um, But another... Another, um, <laughs> another explanation that might be occurring is that you're finding you're, you're finding your inner voice. You're actually turning off all of the static and the bullshit that you're being inundated with day in, day out for I don't know how old you are. And you're finally finding that place of silence within yourself and you're discovering a part of yourself that you've never come into contact with before. And you can only describe it as psychic power. Perhaps you're having a deeper state of awareness. Um, I don't know, but I think it's pretty cool and... Shit, yeah, man, that is a power. That is a power. So, awesome. Next question. Steve, why do weightlifters at the gym walk so funny? I really don't want to walk so funny. You don't have to walk funny. Some some people at the gym walk funny because they have huge quads, you know? Their muscles are so big that they can't walk like normal human beings anymore. You know? We used to call this imaginary lat syndrome. Uh, ILS where somebody began to to train and then all of a sudden they couldn't put their arms down because their freaking back was so goddamn wide in their brain. Um, but in reality, it was the exact same size as it was before they started training that day. Um, I don't know. Some people have bigger legs than others and they're not going to walk like everybody else. But that doesn't mean you are. Um, it's funny. I want to share something with you. My daughter the other day. <laughs> it's funny that you asked this question because my daughter the other day, who's four years old, that she's such a little pistol, looks at me and she's like, Daddy, you walk like this. And I swear to God, she did this impression of exactly what in my mind I think you're talking about, about those guys at the gym that walk so funny. Just like her... Her little arms were out and her lats were wide and she's like waddling like she couldn't put her legs together. I'm like, I do not walk like that. Anyway, four-year-olds. And last question of the day, Steve. When I was in college in physics class, uh, I asked the teacher what happens if an unstoppable force meets an unmovable object. Everyone in the class laughed and the teacher said it was senseless was it? Um, No, actually. I don't think it's senseless. I think uh, what you just asked is actually a paradox. Um, And I think it's an important question to ask. If we have laws and absolute truths in terms of physics and somebody like yourself finds a hole in those absolute truths in physics because they come upon a paradox. Well, what a paradox is in my 
opinion, a paradox is a really easy answer to say that both things are right and both things are wrong. So I think that um, when your teacher said that it was senseless, I think that what you did was stump him. So that was pretty sweet. Um, and I, uh, you know, don't consider myself a physicist whatsoever. I just think that it's neat that you asked me that question. And I think that it's neat that you asked your um, professor that question. And I think that everybody who laughed at you was probably brown nosing and your teacher could go fuck himself. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's all I have for today, guys. Thanks a lot. As always, if, uh, if you like what I'm laying down here, share it up and go check out my home gym at www.theartoffitnesspodcast.com slash tutorials. This communi community is building, and, um, and it's pretty cool. I'm giving daily workouts, daily equipment modifications. So even if you have nothing, if you have many things, um, the programming and the instructions, the daily instruction that I give per movement and per the programming um, will prove valuable to you. And also whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced. They will be challenging, to say the least, as I scale and give you suggestions on how to make them more difficult if you're advanced. So thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, be safe, be happy, train hard, and enjoy yourselves. That's what it's all about, motherfuckers. All right.